turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Folks, welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to listen to a man of grace, sophistication, integrity, and whimsy? Well, so are we. But until such a man shows up, please welcome Eric Matexas. Hey there, folks. Welcome to the program. It is Friday, the 5th of January. Um, I am in Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, most of you probably know my dad's in the hospital and so uh, I've been up here a lot um, going twice a day to visit him with my mom and it's a it's a trial it's a trial and I uh, I covet your prayers um, for that I will go out on a limb and say that I covet your prayers for this this is a trial and thank you so many of you have uh, said you're praying and have just sent sweet notes and just means more than I can ever say. Um, all right. So since it's Friday, um, we are going to air. We've been, we've been holding back, but after this segment, we're finally going to air my interview with the guy known as Q, the Q QAnon shaman. He's not a QAnon guy. I don't know that it's like the left wing media tagged him as the QAnon shaman. He's still a shaman, whatever that means. In other it's words, fair, yeah, got, it's fair to say he's still a shaman for sure. Yes. I and think he gets into it. He gets into it with and, you. And and the uh the headgear and the clothing and the will tell you that he's a shaman. He, he and I differ theologically, um, which I've said before, and I talked to him a little bit about that, but it's a short interview, you know, it's like 11, 10 minutes or whatever, but that's coming up next. After that, for hour two today. And all of our, I'm sorry, after that, in hour one, and in all of hour two, so a full 60 minutes or whatever it ends up being without the commercials, uh, I'm talking to an old friend, Benjamin Thomas, who's written a book. It is very interesting, very, very interesting. So you've got something to look forward to uh, after the my conversation with the shaman, we're going to go into the conversation with Benjamin Thomas. That is our two. It's a wild, our, it's wild, yeah, it's a wild conversation. I would say it's ultimately very hopeful. And oh, you, I haven't, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. I, I actually haven't been able to do my job well. Yeah, uh, but, no, it's, it's, uh, it's hard not to think about. It's hard not to think about. You'll see. I mean, you'll see. Uh, some people won't agree. I hope. I just, man, it's 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 amazing. You'll see. You'll see. So that's coming up. That's today. That's today. All right. On Monday, we're going to air my conversation with the great Roger Stone. We had that a couple of days ago. He put me on his best dress list for the second year in a row. But then the big shocker, actually, should I say, I'm going to save the shocker 
I got to tell you a couple of things before I tell you the shocker. It's crazy. No one will guess it. It's pretty wild. No, no one will guess this. This is coming up in a couple of seconds. But first, let me remind those of you um, that this week and all of next week into next weekend, up until January 15th, we are continuing uh, to raise funds to free slaves in Sudan. You've heard us talk about this, Christian Solidarity International. They are on the ground. They have relationships in Sudan. And if you haven't heard it before, um, this is, again, a great irony of our era, okay, where you get all this nonsense, the BLM nonsense, the white supremacist nonsense. The way, it's just such garbage because today, today, like 160-something years after we abolished slavery in America, slavery continues. Black people enslaving black people in Africa right now, right now. So if you care about human beings uh, rather than care about virtue signaling and garbage, Marxist talking points, you understand that there are black people enslaved today in Sudan. And the good news is by the grace of of God, we could do something about it. You could do something about it. You go to metaxastalk.com, metaxastalk.com, and I got a phone number for you. But you can go there, and every $250, you can give any amount, but every $250 given frees a slave in southern Sudan. We've, we've freed almost 800 uh, as a result of this starting on December 1st, but this continues to the first two weeks of, of January uh, to the 15th. So this is really important that if you haven't done this, that you go to metaxastalk.com. I'm going to give you the phone number. The phone number is um, 888. Please write this down, folks. Metaxastalk.com. That's the easy way to do it. You can also give monthly if that's easier for you. Give to CSI. Um, or you can dial the number 888 253 3522 888-253-3522 888-253-3522 you can call right now 888-253-3522 or you can go to metaxastalk.com and i want to say <clears throat> i continue to put this out there anybody nobody's done this so far during the campaign but if there's anybody out there uh who wants to give who can give $15,000 tax deductible to this cause, you will be freeing 60 human beings from slavery. This is actual slavery. I don't want to get into the details because it's too horrifying for me to talk about sometimes, but this is real. This is not like sort of slavery. This is the real thing. It's horrible. Um, anybody who can give $15,000, my way of thanking you is to offer my time, which has become uh, increasingly valuable. I don't have time. Uh, coming up here to Danbury to be with my father in the hospital, to take care of my mom, traveling. Um, I just don't have time. But I, um, nonetheless, will give up an evening to have dinner with you and anyone you choose or what, whatever you want um, in, a, in a place of our mutual uh, time and place of our mutual, that's mutually convenient. Um, I've done it before. Uh, it's a joy for me to spend time with people who, give so generously and we care about what we care about here on this program. So again, metaxastalk.com, or you can call 888-253-3522. Um, and um, the offer for dinner 
also stands, uh, if anybody gives to Socrates in the city um, uh, at that amount, uh, I want to encourage you. Um, actually, for Socrates in the city, I think it's only $10,000. Uh, if somebody gives a gift of $10,000 um, to Socrates in the city, the launch for Socrates Plus, I believe, is next week. I've been saying that it was yesterday. I was wrong. Uh, I got it wrong. Uh, we had Katie Madonna, who's working on it, come on and kind of give an update, a sneak peek uh, before Christmas, and it's going yeah. to it. So we're going to have her back on and give an update once we've gone live. Yeah, but I, I want to tell you, it's 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 impossible to explain what this is. It's just huge. It's amazing. I mean, so many people have been working on this for like a year, and you can sign up um, for for the details by going to socratesinthecityplus.com, socratesinthecityplus.com. You'll get the emails, and the moment it goes live, you'll get the, the note. But it's it's insane. It's and $5. it's ad-free, too, by the way. Everybody's What's going that? To, it's ad-free. There are no ads on it, so it's tons of videos. Oh, well, that's the point of paying $5 a month or whatever you want to do, but it's – it's uh, no, it's insane. So that is um, yesterday in New York City – for the Socrates in the studio, that's one of these programs that we're putting on Socrates Plus. I interviewed Louis Marcos. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, look. Treasure. Now I have to tell treasure. you before we go to the QAnon shaman, he's not the key, he's the he's just the shaman now, the the American shaman, whatever he is. Before we do that interview and before we do our amazing conversation with Benjamin Thomas, gotta tell you, Chris and I were in the TBN studio the other day, and I get an email. The email is from the office of the president, President Trump. And uh, somebody in his office sends me a photo. The president, Trump, um, had printed out the image of me in Roger Stone's best dress list and the stuff below it. He printed it out and below it wrote, looking great, Donald and they're mailing that to me. I will show it to you. I'll show it to you when I get it in the mail. But I was so excited. I just couldn't believe it that he would. Do, that's so gracious. First of all, the fact that he saw it. Um, just amazing. Just amazing. But I can't wait to show it. You got to go to ericmetaxas.com to get the newsletters. We're sending you all this stuff. ericmetaxas.com. Sign up. We're sending you all these videos. ericmetaxas.com. Sign up. We'll be back. Folks, right now in other parts of the world, people's lives are being threatened simply for believing in Jesus. People have been enslaved for their faith. So listeners to this show know that I'm passionate about the work of Christian Solidarity International because they protect and free those who are being persecuted and enslaved for their Christian faith. I've got to thank you for your life-changing generosity for years now. If you've given a CSI through this program, you have played a role in freeing literally thousands of of captives. So as we near the end of this year, can I ask you to give once again your gift of just $250 will free a woman in Sudan who has been enslaved for years. You can buy a believer's freedom and provide her with food and other supplies necessary to start her new life. Just $250. Maybe you can give more and free more people. Call 888-253-3522, 888-253-3522, or go to metaxastalk.com. Please do it, metaxastalk.com. Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. 
In a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped to your door. You have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time anytime. You'll see transparent pricing on each coin and bar. This puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against a volatile stock market. A true diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. This new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with a few clicks. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. You're going to love this free new tool they've added, Legacy pminvestments.com legacypminvestments.com check it out folks i'm at amfest and i I have the privilege of sitting next to someone uh for whom i have prayed uh you may know him as the QAnon shaman he's not that but that's how they tagged him He's wearing the horns, the face makeup. His real name is Jacob. Jake, I call, call you Jake. You can call me Jake. Jake, what's your last name? Angeli Chansley. Okay. A lot of people know parts of your story, right? Let me ask you, where did you grow up? I grew up in Phoenix. In Phoenix, from right around here? Yes. Okay. And what, if somebody said to you five years ago, hey, what are you doing with your life? What would you say? Saving the world, yeah. saving humanity, working with kids in group homes. That's what I was doing for work at the time. Working with kids in group homes. Mm-hmm. That is hard work. That's God's work. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And so you were doing that. How did you end up at the Capitol with all the other wonderful patriots who've been smeared, many of them in prison, many of them threatened? How did you end up there that day? What, 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 how did that happen? By the grace of God, I honestly didn't have the money or the transportation to get there. And why but, were you wearing this? Why do you wear these horns? Like, what is that? Um, I practice shamanism. So, in particular, I am drawing from the Hioka tradition, where the Hioka dresses in, a, in an elaborate fashion to shock the cognitive system. Yeah. And after the cognitive system has been shocked, the Hioka will then relay to members of the tribe that the social construct that they live within, their cultural paradigm, their, their identities yeah. are essentially illusions, and they are not objective reality. Do you believe in objective reality? Oh, yeah. Objective truth, objective reality, absolutely. But the, uh, but obviously what you're saying, so you really are, you're, you're not just like, you know, styling yourself as a shaman. You, like, you believe in shamanism. Yeah, I've been practicing shamanism for over 10 years. So you're not like a professing Christian. You're, you're into this other stuff. Well, I think that Christ was the ultimate shaman, and part of the reason why I choose not to accept the Christian label is because of all the awful things that have been done in the name of Christianity and how very little so many Christians are like Christ. I mean, look at what's happening with the Catholic Church right now and the way that they, you know, the Pope said that having a personal relationship with Jesus is dangerous and you have to go through the church. Look at the mega churches that are out there. You got these people enriching themselves off of their, off of these people donating money and they're still starving children in America. You've got these Catholic priests being molesting children and being moved from one parish, one diocese to another, to another. Nothing being told to these local churches, and they're doing it again and again. The Catholic Church is covering it up. So I am a disciple of Christ. 
Do I accept the Christian label? No, because of all this Jesus other stuff. Rose from the dead. Yeah, absolutely. I think he did something called uh, what's it called? A achieving rainbow body, and it's, I don't think it's called that. But go ahead. That's fine. You achieving. Can, no, I, I, listen, I tease people. That's just like I gotta make fun. What does that mean? Achieving. Well, rainbow well the body? thing is, is that in Tibet there are over a hundred thousand written cases yeah. where monks have achieved uh, enlightenment and ascension. Yeah. And their their spirit literally like separates from their bodies, yeah. and their bodies shrink down to yeah. like an infant sized pile of ash. Yeah. And basically, they're able to do things like move stone or vitrify stone. They're able to heal people. That the way it works is they the rainbows start wafting off of their body, and then they st- the the scent of like jasmine and rose starts to accompany it. Then the body begins to shrink, and then their spirit begins to ascend, and they're able to like do whatever they want in the physical world. It's it's actual ascension. I worry that that could actually be demonic and not from God. We don't need to debate that. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's demonic. Well, I, I wouldn't say that just because I don't understand it, it's demonic. But I believe there, I believe there are dark spiritual forces, and 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 when you describe it that way, I would, I would just be wary of it. But I guess the well, point is. But dark, I, hold on, hold on. If you do your research, dark spiritual forces are accompanied with foul odors. They're accompanied with darkness. Okay. And if you also do your research, you're going to find that in Tibet they actually have ancient manuscripts written from the time of Christ's life where he actually visited Tibet. They have it written in their records. And they also have it written in their records that he took the message of enlightenment back to the West and was martyred. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's not true, but I'm going to look into it. Okay. Yoga uh, of Jesus, uh, Paramahasa Yogananda. uh, But Jake, you, um, you showed up at the Capitol in good faith. You care about this country. You didn't do anything wrong. And the powers that be demonized you, and they put you in prison. And so many of us are just sick that that could happen in the United States of America. Like, we almost couldn't believe that it could happen. And it happened to you, and it happened to friends of mine. My, my friend, I mean, a number of friends, uh, John Strand, and many others. And most of us who love this country, our hearts break. And our hearts broke for you. My heart broke for you. And many people were praying that you would be released. We are thrilled, so thrilled, that you were released. But you know and I know that there are many patriots in prison, in jails right now, for having done absolutely nothing. You were there. What what did it feel like to be on the inside of the American Gulag? Well, I was only in there for 11 days um, because they could not accommodate my organic diet, and I was fasting for 11 days. So uh, they moved me from D.C. to Alexandria. But while I was in there, I'll just say this. You were in there for 11 days. So Alexandria what, jail? Alexandria, Virginia is where they transferred me from D.C. jail, the D.C. Gulag, to Alexandria Detention Center. Okay, so you were in a detention center for how long? Um, a little over a year. But a year? Well, kind of. I, you were not I was, I was, I was in. I was in solitary confinement in Alexandria for ten and a half months. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, did you hear that? You were in solitary confinement for ten and a half months. I, I, that just outrages me that the government did that to you. I, 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 can't, I still can't believe it. I can't believe you got out, and I can't believe there are many people who are still inside. Oh, yeah. For, for what? For doing what? Well, 
I think the fact of the matter is it was a setup. The government set everybody up, both the Capitol Police and the Trump supporters. And they, I think, are more accountable for the action or for the the events of January 6th than the Trump protesters, for sure. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, that's that's coming out. Most Americans don't seem to know this yet, but I'm, 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 you're clear on it. I think a lot of us who are paying attention realize it was like our worst nightmare that our government would say, would do that. But you got to understand, the America that I grew up in, that does not happen. We are, we're in a new day where if we do not uh, get in the president and a legislature willing to go to war with this swamp, it, 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 America's over. You can't have an America where this kind of stuff happens. So you obviously have hope uh, that we can get out of it. Are you running for Congress? Yeah, yeah, I'm running for Congress. I'm, gonna be, I'm being the change I want to see. <laughs> Look how they cheer. So, so you really are in what district? Uh, district 8 here in Arizona, Phoenix. Phoenix, and what well, kind Phoenix of a- Anthem, Glendale, Peoria. It's, it's like a bunch of cities. But, yeah, District 8 here in, in Arizona. And what, what will you do if you're elected? Uh, my campaign platform and my promises are as follows. Number one, first thing I'm going to do, single bill voting law. Number two, an amendment for term limits for congressmen and staff. Number three, a criminalization of lobbying. And number four, seven-figure fines, expulsion, and prosecution for all Congress members caught insider trading. Wow. I think a few people might be able to get behind that. Yeah, Republican, Democrat, Green Party, Libertarian, Independent, everybody can get behind that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty amazing. I guess... Um, you, uh, wh- what do you, what do you see your odds? In other words, this is a, it's a long shot. You have a lot of uh, publicity. Uh, some people would say notoriety. To some extent, it's notoriety, but it's actually celebrity and fame. People always use the word notoriety when they mean celebrity and fame. Notoriety is, by definition, negative. You basically uh, are known. You're nationally known. But who would you be running against? Uh, who are you running against? Well, I'm, I'm running as a libertarian, so at the current moment, I'm not really running against anybody for the primary, um, but when it comes to the general election, it could be anyone from um, Abe Hamaday, who just got Trump's endorsement, uh, or Blake Masters, or Anthony Kern. Those are some of the big names that are running for the so Republican ticket. it's pretty wide ticket. open. Yeah. Okay, if you do not win, uh, what would you like to do with the rest of your life for the next few years? Because well, I'm, you have a, you I'm know, planning on winning. I know you're planning on winning, but you know if you don't win, what, what do you what do you, what do you do? You care about your country. There's other ways you could serve your country. Yeah, well, I'm I'm planning to win. My I don't really so much have a plan B just okay. yet. Yeah. Um, but I I do have a website that I'm an, uh, I have my own business slash entrepreneurial endeavors. Uh, ForbiddenTruthAcademy.com. Yeah. Well, we're basically out of time. I just want to say I'm just honored to meet you, uh, honored to have a conversation with you, and I and I thank the Lord uh, for delivering you from that jail. And I, I uh, it's my sincere hope that you and others can uh, get the rest of these folks freed, and the American people can know the truth about what happened um, on January. Six. So, Jake, God bless you. Thanks for being my guest. Thank you. And that will only happen when Mike Johnson has the courage yes. to release the footage. Yes. Mike Johnson, we're looking at you. You better do it. Otherwise, we'll throw you out like we throw out the other guy. Thank you very much. In 
MyPillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever and just in time for Christmas. For a limited time, get the Giza Dream Bed Sheets for as low as $29.98, a set of pillowcases for only $9.98, and rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. All the biggest discounts of the year are happening right now, so don't miss out. They're also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2024, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com, use promo code ERIC, or call 1-800-978-3057, and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98, and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Again, use code ERIC and save MyPillow.com. Use code ERIC. Well, folks, we finally got here. Uh, I am now going to have a conversation with a, I almost said a former friend. No, a friend, a longtime friend uh, whom I haven't seen too much. Recently, we connected at AmFest in Phoenix where my friend Benjamin Thomas told me about this book he had written. And it is at least fascinating. Benjamin Thomas, welcome. Glad to be here. I uh, lean forward a little bit because we want to hear what you have to say. You, um, you're a complex figure, and this has happened to me before, where you, you have a friend, and you just know them as your friend, and you're in business, and you're you know, a brilliant business guy and building companies and stuff. And then you, know, you decide to look into some stuff and to write a book. You know, I didn't see that coming. Um, the book is titled Revelation Riddle, Kingdom Age of the saints, end times for the new world order. Sounds like you're, you're a Christian. Um, Revelation riddle. Now, I read most of this uh, already, but for somebody brand new to you, Benjamin Thomas, and to this book, Revelation Riddle, and the concept of kingdom age of the saints, what pulled you into this, uh, you know, end time stuff. I mean, or let's start out. Where were you a few years ago in terms of, you know, your theology of the end times, what we call eschatology? Where were you? Well, Eric, I think I was probably where a lot of folks in the evangelical church are, which is I'd read all the Left Behind movie series. I'd, you know, certainly probably read 40 or 50 books on end times. And I was all in on the rapture theology. Now, by the way, that's not normal. I just want to be very clear, folks. You're not required to read 40 or 50 books on the end times. If, if you're doing that, you may want to think about getting a, another hobby. But you really did that. You were I into did. this stuff. You were a student of the end times. You're trying to figure out what's, what is this, the Lord saying through the scripture. I was, and I, I probably had a trust the experts uh, mentality. You know, I, I really wanted to hear what... Uh, other church leaders had to say about end times. And uh, for me, um, there came a point where I really started to recognize how the world really worked and behind the scenes, the power structures that, you know, frankly, had done a really good job of, I think, managing our world for the enemy's team. And uh, 
Frankly, it's kind of like kind of like the Rhino Republican Party. A lot like the Rhino Republican. But I mean, it's exactly Party. like that, right? Like you, you kind of. Um, anyway, I don't want to step on your uh, your words, but you're you're saying that we had all this keeps coming up over and over and over in various disciplines. So not just end times stuff and theology, but this idea that there's this consensus. We all buy into the consensus. We think everybody on the team, all the good guys agree on this consensus, and then something happens that makes you say, I wonder if we have missed something. And it seems like you that's what happened to you. Well, that's absolutely right. I mean, I was poking along. A friend of mine came to my house in, in Texas at the time and sort of educated me on how the world really worked. And honestly, Eric, it scared me. Uh, when I understood how organized our enemy really was, it really scared me. I was frightened. And frankly, armed with only my teaching from my evangelical church upbringing, which was pretty much could be summarized in, yeah, things get really bad. And then one day we just get rescued. And so that was how I was brought up. That was what I was taught. And so when I heard, um, when I was educated, if you will, on how the world really worked, I got into fear, frankly. I, I mean, I thought, well, do we get rescued, you know, during the bad stuff or at the end of the bad stuff? Look, this, this is the question. We've got to put this on the table for people because I've never been, you know, I came to faith relatively late in life around my 25th birthday, and I was just so happy to find Jesus that I didn't care about the details. So I was like, whatever. Like, people want to argue pre, pre-trib, post-trib, but I, I don't care. It, it, it is what it is. Whatever it is, I'm going to praise God. Uh, whether we go through the tribulation or don't go through the tribulation, I, I don't have to, and I say this to everybody, you don't have to know. You don't have to have an opinion on that as though it's equal to your salvation. You need to trust in Jesus, and there's going to be a lot of stuff we may disagree on or we can argue or trying to figure it out. But you're saying that the consensus, uh, the, the wide consensus in the evangelical world was, um, and I think we picked this up, and I got some of this from your book too, but I mean, you know, from... Hal Lindsey's The Late Great Planet Earth, whatever, that the Antichrist is going to come. It's going to be sick, bad, horrible. Uh, the saints get raptured out of here. Um, that's kind of the narrative that is not challenged very much. And what is that called? That's called a pre-trib rapture. Well, it's called uh, dispensationalism. You know, there's a lot of words for it. Uh, but actually, it's I call it the rescue rapture. We get rescued from uh, the grips of Satan who's about to destroy us with the Antichrist. And that's generally what we've been taught for a long, long time. Okay, and so you and I talked about this. And one of the downsides of that view, and I have talked about this a lot from, from a different perspective, but what it makes a lot of Christians do is say, I don't give a darn about this world. That's not biblical, folks. You're supposed to give a darn about this world. Jesus saves you uh, and fills you with the Holy Spirit so you can be uh, living out his will and his power in this world for his purposes in this world. But if you believe it's all going to go to heck in a handbasket and I'm going to get raptured out of here, the the memo is, so therefore, don't do anything. It's all going to burn. It's all going to burn. So you know what? I'm just going to, we're going to have my quiet time. I'm going to have a nice time with the Lord on Sundays, and I'm not going to do anything because I'm out of here. That uh, is not biblical, and we're going to be right back. We're talking to Benjamin Thomas, the brand new book, Revelation Riddle, Kingdom Age. 
of the saints. Welcome back. We're talking to Benjamin Thomas, uh, the author of a new book, Revelation Riddle, Kingdom Age of the Saints, End Times for the New World Order. So we're just talking, Benjamin, about there's this kind of consensus in the evangelical world that it's all going to go to hell and we are going to be raptured out of here. We're going to be rescued. Therefore, one of the therefores you get from that is so don't do anything. Don't be politically active. Don't work hard to redeem uh, and heal the brokenness of sin in the culture, which is what the church is supposed to do. Now, don't do that because any minute the Lord's going to show up. So you can go into your uh, root cellar with the water purification tablets and your Slim Jims and just hang out till Jesus rescues you. And well, you, you were on that page. I was on that page. Um, I mean, I frankly uh, felt like I should just get involved in some degree. But at the end of the day, I, what I call the rescue rapture has really taken the church and put them on the sideline. People don't, for instance, run for Congress. They don't uh, you know, go to school board meetings. They don't participate in society because they believe that Jesus will come at any moment and rescue them. And I think that's the fruit of this rescue rapture there, uh, doctrine. There's that, one thing I want to tease out of that. There's another piece of that, right? On the one hand, they think Jesus is going to rescue them. On the other hand, there are a lot of people I've met that they're almost psyched to see the world go to hell. They're almost psyched to see everything get worse, like, ha-ha, judgment is coming, ha instead of being moved by compassion to help those who might be helped. They're, they're kind of glad to see it go downhill. And, and for me, that the United States of America is the classic example that, like, this country was founded— to be a shining city on a hill, to be a beacon of, of liberty, and to be able to be a place kind of a, almost like a launching pad for gospel missionaries and gospel principles and purposes around the world. And a lot of people who have this rescue, rapture, rescue mentality, they're kind of like, nah, we, we're happy to see America go down the tubes. It's already under judgment. It deserves judgment because of all the babies killed and blah, blah, blah. And they're not even slightly patriotic, thinking, what can I do to help my nation uh, stand for God's principles. And they're, they're the ones buying the idea that, oh, yeah, that's Christian nationalism. I'm just about Jesus. Well, that's right. I, in fact, I did a recent survey on my Gab channel where I asked people, does the rapture happen in a time of victory, a time of duress, or I don't know? And 80% of the respondents said a time of duress. And 20% said, I don't know. And not one person said a time of victory. So when you talk about bad things that happen, a lot of Christians are like, yeah, yeah, see, that's it. I told you things will get worse. And they think it's a fulfillment somehow of Bible prophecy. But at the end of the day, it has taken the church out of the game. And that's one of the reasons why we don't have great candidates running for Congress or running for president. That's one of the reasons we find ourselves in a place where Satan has taken over the seven pillars of our society, and then we are shocked. We act shocked, like, oh, my gosh, how did that happen? The reason it happened is the Christians were not involved. We thought things were just going to blow up. The world was going to burn up, and so we took a back seat. And I think that's the fruit of that mentality. And, and unfortunately, 
a contributor, not the only contributor, but certainly a contributor to where we are today. Oh, there's in no our doubt. Culture. And listen, part of the joy, you know, when we reconnected uh, in Phoenix at Amfest was to hear you say all this stuff from a completely different angle of me, but agreeing with me on where we come out. I mean, it's sort of fascinating because I wasn't looking at the end times part of it, but I was thinking like, we are called to be salt and light. We're called to fight, not to sit on the sidelines and, and get the popcorn to watch it all burn. And, you know, like that's not right. And that's bad theology. And that's what led to people accepting the nonsense of like, oh, Christian nationalism, if you care about America, right? That is total garbage on every level. And what you bring in in this book, and I want to get to the details, is how bad uh, end-time theology feeds that and has fed that and has led us to a place where the church has... I mean, imagine what happens when the church pulls the salt and light out of the culture. is like it's going to go downhill that much more quickly. So if we bring the salt and light into the culture, if Christians get activated like you and I both pray that they do uh, and advocate that they do, you're going to be stunned if Christians are being active in culture and politics and whatever, you're going to be stunned at the influence we can have. And I believe that's the Lord's will, and you do too. Well, we're the majority, but the fact is we don't fight. Nobody fights. And, and I think a lot of the reason people don't fight is because we've been taught there's no need to. You're going to be raptured out of here. We're going to be rescued and uh, so this place is going to burn up anyway. And so that's generally what people believe. Now, you know, they may not use those words, but deep down inside, that is what they've been taught, and that's what they believe. I met a guy the other day who he did not, he, you know, he's a garbage collector. He's been running the same garbage route for 20 years, and he speaks Hebrew and Greek and Sanskrit. He can read, you know, go into a cave and read the walls. And I said, why didn't you go to college? You obviously have these gifts. You have these gifts and these talents that, that God is using you for. Why didn't you go to school? And he goes, well, I grew up in the South, and my church told me there's no need to go to college. Jesus could come by any time, and there's no reason for you to go to school. And he said, that's why I didn't go to school. And I think he's not alone. I think there are a lot of people that whose dreams have been, frankly, put on ice because they were taught this doctrine around end times and this, I call it the rescue rapture. Frankly, it's, it's we're going to get rescued and it, keep, it keeps people out of the game. It keeps people out of their calling and, it, and honestly, okay. it, it puts their, their passions and their gifts on the sideline. And, and let's call it what it is, folks. It's bad theology. And by the way, I want to be very clear. I say this in all my speeches. Bad theology, to be clear, is from the pit of hell. It's Satan's theology. It's not like all B-minus theology. It's from the pit of hell, bad theology, and it leads us not to doing God's will. I mean, classic case of this, uh, I went to Times Square Church. I met my wife, Suzanne, at Times Square Church. I love that church. But particularly in the beginning, David Wilkerson had this kind of theology to some extent that there were people in the church with tremendous gifts in theater, opera, whatever, and they all kind of got the memo, nah, don't, in other words, don't enter those fields to be salt and light in New York, in theater, in opera, in Hollywood, to be salt and light, to redeem the culture, to help the culture turn the corner away from the dark nihilism of that world. Just skip it. Just get a job as a church secretary or something like that and pray because it's not worth it. Um, I, we have both seen tons of this, and people oh, yeah. listening, you've seen it. Um, we're talking to Benjamin Thomas, brand new book, Revelation Riddle. 
And so become yourself because the past. Welcome back. Talking to Benjamin Thomas, brand new book, Revelation Riddle, Kingdom Age of the Saints. We're going to get to what that means, and it's really good news. Um, Benjamin, you know, you just said uh, something on the break about Jesus was a warrior against the deep state. I never understood that until the last few years. Um, What do you mean by that? Well, Jesus spent a good portion of his ministry um, calling out the apostasy in the church, calling out the false doctrine among the Pharisees. What was happening at the time was, frankly, the commentary or the oral tradition was becoming more important than the law of Moses. And he put his finger right on it. He called it out. He also um, spent time educating his disciples about the sons of the age, about the snakes, the scorpions, He really spent a good chunk of his ministry educating his disciples on, hey, these are the powers that rule this world. These are the sons of age. These are the people that are really in charge, and you need to be aware of them. You need to learn how to fight. I'll keep you safe, but you need to have, um, you know, a distinct plan when you go into these cities and spread the gospel and things like that. So he really did call things out. He went against Roman leaders. He went against church leaders. He was a purveyor of truth, and he did not back off of any conversation regarding the deep state. And I think that people miss that. You know, they I mean, today we call it the deep state. We don't even know the term deep state until three <laughs> or so years ago. But the point is, what, what we're talking about really is the ruling powers of this age, this consensus that says this is the way it is. Don't rock the boat. I mean, look, this goes back. It, it, because of of what happened in the last three years and people waking up, um, people are starting to look back and realize, oh, yeah, this existed uh, in the Kennedy administration. And Eisenhower called it as the military-industrial complex. In other words, this stuff has always existed, and and I'm not trying to be hopelessly vague, but, but the point is that most people in the 60s, let's say, when they were told by the Warren Commission – single bullet theory, he was killed by an assassin, whatever. They thought, well, if Gerald Ford and the Warren Commission, and well, I guess that's that. And today, we know that's nonsense. But for me, it's one thing to know <clears throat> that, that, that's, that that's nonsense. It's another thing to realize of the wickedness of our own government at the time, of the com- uh, complicity of the FBI and the CIA and the mafia and whoever else, and probably LBJ. We've had Roger Stone on the program talking about it. It's so wicked. It's so dark and sick. And most people just kind of moved along unaware of the profound corruption that the country had been taken over in a sense. And we're talking about that same dynamic because you and I know it's a spiritual dynamic. It's not a political dynamic that was at play in Jesus' day, uh, and that he spoke so boldly against it, so fearlessly against it. Uh, I mean, that. I mean, you get into that in the book, and we don't really have too much time. Before we go uh, into the second hour, um, sum up what do you mean by kingdom age of the saints? The kingdom age of the saints is the next age that God is going to be moving us into. 
And um, it is a time, uh, it is incredible. I mean, frankly, when I saw this in the Word, I just about fell out of my chair because in the Bible, the Roman system that we're under comes to an end, and the Bible says in the book of Daniel that he gives the kingdom, the dominion, to his saints. And so that's what's next. So that is bombshell news, folks, to most of us, that the kingdom age of the saints is coming, and it is wonderful. It is not terrible. It's a glorious thing. Um, and I, I, I talk about this a little bit in the book that I have coming out in April. Um, and when we come back, uh, we will continue the conversation. The book is Revelation Riddle by my guest, Benjamin Thomas. Yeah,